Whiteside. I am the host, and I have two lovely guests with me who uh, are are remarkable women in their own own right. Which reminds me of the women we saw in the in the in the awesome movie about Madam C.J. Walker. So I want to start with Jessica. If you introduce yourself, yes, yes. Uh, my name is Jessica Thomas. I'm actually born and raised in Peoria, Illinois, um, and that has a unique tie to. Uh, one of the characters that was portrayed in the movie Self-Made, um, uh, Annie Turnbull Malone, is uh, was raised in Peoria, Illinois. But here in Peoria, Illinois, I am a community activist, uh, a public official, um, and uh, a former entrepreneur. <laughs> so those are just a little bit of things about me. Um, and I am Shalila Dowdy. I'm originally from Mobile, Alabama. I currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia. And I am a blogger, social activist. I'm a captain in the Army Reserves. And I do a little bit of everything, always on the go. Always trying to find the next thing to get into. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of sounds like all of us. Yes. <laughs> so... Let's get into this movie, the the images, the the just the the strength of of Madam CJ Walker. I was surprised of her original name. I didn't know she was going by her husband's full name. That was the first thing that threw me. But um I kind of want to talk about how Annie was portrayed too originally in the movie. I did not know that Madam CJ Walker got all of her uh, business experiences from her. Yes, that's the, and that that was something that they really uh, didn't properly explain in the movie. Um, me being from Peoria, Illinois, I knew about Annie, and in the movie they portrayed her as Addie Monroe um, versus Annie Malone. Um, so that was really kind of like, are they talking about Annie? When is this Annie Addie? <laughs> So it was it was it was a bit, you know, you know, I think that was intentional so as to not um, slander her her name, but it it portrayed who she was. And everybody, anybody who knows about Annie knew Annie was Addie. Um, so. So and, and then and then the, the, the background on Annie is that uh, she happens to be an honorary uh, member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated and also an honorary graduate of Howard University. So it, it's kind of it conflicts that they didn't even mention her background and the other accolades that she had. Yeah, I think because, um, you know, Hollywood always has to have somebody, you know, add drama, add a villain because they added that aspect of the story and they did a spinoff on Annie's character to turn her into Addie. I think that's why they changed her name, first of all, because then they would have been tarnishing the real Annie. And so they changed her name because they, you know, they switched up the game with the story. And then at that point, you, I guess you could have gave the background some of uh, some of any accomplishment but but since they changed the person I guess that's they kind of left some things out about her but coming into this I was aware of uh Madam CJ's Walker 
name being Sarah Brelo because uh just the name, Madam CJ Walker, is like a it's a powerful name within itself. And I'm like, I know nobody didn't name their kid that. <laughs> and so I did the research into who she was. Um not I didn't dive too deep into it, but I do remember learning about I do remember reading about Annie like years before and that that was the person that Madam CJ Walker possibly got her um formula for her um hair uh kits from but um I like how it was split up into four episodes like how they kind of dedicated the time to actually telling the story that they were trying to tell instead of like not doing it justice and um yeah overall I liked it um I I once I learned that Addie was Annie and that the story was twisted I wasn't even surprised because that's Hollywood for you yeah, well, Holly weird <laughs> for us, and 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 coming from that, how uh, Madam C.J. Walker, how she had a strong support system, and I know Jessica and I was talking about um, everyone needs a Cleophas. We need a person who's seasoned, uh, has the foresight, the history, the experiences to be able to guide us through a certain. <clears throat> situations that occur uh, and you know he was able to see through uh, remember when she went to go ask for money uh, prior to the Booker T. Washington's uh, um, convention that was held uh, and she went to ask and try to get other uh, black businessmen to invest in her business and they wouldn't do it and you know she went over to that mortician and he tried to have her pay for the investment versus you know, supporting her, he wanted to get the cookie, you know. It was like, he just said, pay for it. Yeah, he's like, uh, what are you willing to do for this Klondike bar? You know, <laughs> really. And, but, but the importance of a Cleophas cannot be uh, dismissed. Or, or a ransom. Um, ransom was the guy who uh, was a bellhop that she met at the hotel and then he came on and he helped her get incorporated. Um, and to me, he was like the tried and true loyal, loyal friend and employee. Like he was more than an employee. He, uh, you know, he went out of his way to to dabble with his cousin or was that his cousin or was that his, I think it was his, I think it was cousin. his cousin, dabble, you know, in some illegal number running with his cousin to get the, to get $500 to invest in her business. And to me, that's going beyond an employee that's that's awesome that's awesome to have someone believe so highly in you that they'll put themselves at risk to invest in your dreams um right and he he's he stuck by her side like loyal to the end loyal to the end and and to me that's definitely somebody that you need to have on your team and and by your side now again because this was a, a drama and not a accurate portrayal on her life. I don't know if that character actually existed in her life. They uh, they recognized him at the end. He went on to be the CEO for about 20, 25 years okay. after she died. Okay, so yeah. that was an accurate yeah. um, person. And, and that that's the hard part with the story because it's like so much you know, so much yet to learn about Madam C.J. Walker and this portrayal of this drama um, of that that was loosely related to her life has so many inaccuracies. Like I hear some people saying that her daughter really wasn't gay. Um, why did they do that like that? You know, 
And it, it was just so many things that to me was like blown up for TV drama that kind of took away from what accurately really, really happened in her life. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of us, when we're going to watch a movie that we know is going to be centered around somebody's life and we, you know, we know the vague, um, the vague facts of their life. I feel like personally we should take the time to do some research so we'll know what we're watching and know what to look for. Absolutely. Um, and the last, the last movie that the last movie that was pretty big and in the theaters that centered around the life of a black woman was Harriet. And so, and, and these movies ahead. had uh, some, the, the producer was the same on both of these movies. Um, yeah, uh, Madam T.J. Walker had a whole lot of people. LeBron James played a role. Yeah, but like one of and the thought, one of the lead producers were the, was the one from Harriet. Yeah. So I think that that being aware and being in the know of who these people were and knowing their background that helps because it helps it helps um, to prevent false narratives from being pushed. You you know you watch it and you take it in you take it in for what it is. Yeah. Um, absolutely knowing that things are dramatized you know just but, for you know you need certain stuff and certain movies and make it it for, for, for sale. Think it, it sales. Yeah. yeah but with that being said too it's like i knew about annie now i didn't know about madam cj's kids or anything about her life but i knew about annie so when i watched the portrayal of Addie. I was like, who is this Addie person? So I did do my, I Googled, I'm like, who is Addie in this movie? And Addie, you know, it came up that Addie was Annie. Um, that that was the name that they they put Annie by. Um, that was the Annie character. But like me knowing about Annie because she's she was raised in my hometown and we're trying to build awareness for her um, because she was a major force to be reckoned with too. Like she was, she was awesome. Like she did awesome accomplishments that that the world needs to know about as well, but the way they portrayed her in that movie, I think if anybody knew, you know, anybody was curious about her, probably didn't want nothing to do with her after they they vilified her in that movie because a lot of people was like, oh, I don't know about her, you know, <laughs> she did all those things. I don't I don't know if I like her, you know, because they were thinking right. that this movie was loosely tied to the truth, and in that whole that whole portrayal of Annie as Addie to me was nothing, it wasn't nothing close to the truth. The only thing that was true about right. it, it was at the end in the last episode that Madam C.J. Walker admitted to stealing her recipe <laughs> for her hair grow. Um, but, but, but yet at the same time they spent uh, Madam C.J. Walker into a woman who supported other women becoming entrepreneurs and look what I can do for you and look look if you just take this opportunity I can get money to you too join me you know but at the same time there, there was a bit of a conflict there um, but she did create um, inspiration in a lot of black women to become female entrepreneurs and that point there it was so poignant because we um, as entrepreneurs on this line, we have really inco incorporated our family members into our business, our uh, friends, um, and, and as such visionaries, only we can see the vision of the company that we're trying to create. And we try to come at it at a point where we can create financial opportunities for Black people. And in that point in time, there wasn't a lot of um, opportunities for Black folks coming from the South. They didn't talk about the Great Migration as much because they talked about 
Madam C.J. Walker coming from St. Louis. So all they really did was drive across uh, Illinois to get to Indianapolis uh, to create the the the, the yeah. empire. But um, I and then think about it. What what the film didn't really talk about. They touched on it was the whole clan activity that happened in Indianapolis. It's the home. It's the home of the clan. Yes. It's, it's the, the home, home of the clan. And and they didn't, you know, and to talk, take it back to this time too, in 1908, that was the Springfield race riot. That was what triggered the start of the NAACP in 1909. Annie, Annie Malone was doing all this in, in the early 1900s when she moved to Spring, when she moved to St. Louis to start. Uh, I think she had a, she had a vendor booth at the 1904, uh, World Fair that was in Spring uh, that was in St. Louis, but around this time it was still hard for Black people to accomplish much and get things done. Racism was still very real even in the North. So for her to have this this whole school that was set for educating Black women and Sarah Breedlove attended this school <laughs> or, or or got her help from her and then stole from her, that's something that's like you know that had to be detrimental because back in those days, a woman couldn't even get a business loan without a man. A woman, a woman probably couldn't even sue without a man, a black man or a man period. Um, for, for Sarah to do what she did, like to me, as, as you know, I have a, I have a boutique, um, Savage Curse boutique is online. I took the protection against my, with my business to protect it against from anything like this happening. But those are resources that were afforded to me through, you know, looking up on, on stuff online to do non-disclosures, non-compete agreements and things like that. Mm -hmm. They didn't have that access back then. And so that had to be pretty devastating that somebody that you trusted that was like you you mentored and you taught the the game to, to for them to steal the game from you and try, you know, and and, and monopolize it. That had to be devastating for Annie. Uh, and and then too, what the what the film touched on was the sexism. Uh, when Annie had to, well, I won't say Annie because Annie. Remember, Annie tried to one up uh, Madam C.J. Walker and, and present at the the National Negro Business Week. Was that what what Booker T. Washington had and? She thought she'd be able to get up and talk about her own business, but got stood up um, and she faced sexism in front of a crowd of men. And none of the men in the crowd stopped the conversation about, hey, guy, you're, 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 you're um, misusing this lady's platform. Yeah. Right. I, I, um, I like how it, the, I don't know, the movie, the series highlighted the struggles that did go on during those time periods where even though Addie's character isn't uh, a adequate display of Annie, um, that they did highlight the colorism because that, that was a thing back then. And I do like that they highlighted um, the struggles that women faced when it came to making their voice be known because at that point it, it showed us that even though we know Madam C.J. Walker has been the first self-made millionaire who was a woman in our, in, um, I don't know if it's the world or America, she still had obstacles to overcome um, and stereotypes that was placed on her just as a woman. And so it, it was nice to see the women come together and support her um, when the men seemed as if they weren't, they weren't here for her cause. Um, 
And what the movie did make me uh, want to do more research on is the the practices and the, and the beliefs of Booker T. Washington. So being from Alabama, um, he's held as a mini god down there because Tuskegee's down there. He started that with George Washington Carver. Um, and a lot of institutions, schools um, are named after him. So he's just deemed as being a great person in certain areas of the country. Um, I remember going to college, going to school in New York and hearing people um, speak ill of him. But then when I, but I then I recall on what I learned about him in the South and it's nothing but positivity. So just the movie has made me want to do more research into his studies and his beliefs and how he sometimes went back and forth with W.E.B. Du Bois. Absolutely. And I think, yeah. you know, the colorism um, is very real. And back back in those days, like people were fresh off of plantations, fresh out of slavery. Um, and it was hard for black people to to, be, you know, to be free in a world that really didn't want them to be free. Um, and if they were free, they didn't want them to succeed and have much and build capital and build power. Um, so you kind of had to like downplay, not downplay yourself, but you had to be careful how you moved around in the business world. And even though I don't have any proof that showed that Addie practiced colorism, but it would make sense if she did, because back in those days, you know, when you're loud, when you're black, you're, you're perceived as being loud. You're perceived as like not being accepted. And back then, like black people were just fresh off the plantation. So the darker your color, your skin was, the harder it was for you to, to be respected, you know, as a business person. Um, so I think, you know, even though it makes sense, it's not right. Like we see that it's not right in 2020, but I don't think her colorism was based on racism. I think her colorism was based on survival um, of her business. And that's a pretty big point to make. Uh, and then uh, I want to talk about how when Madam C.J. Walker finally made it to New York and she moved into that massive house and, and she had the convention at her home and next door neighbor to Rockefeller. That was very huge black woman back in the day. Uh, and it just showed how at that time the success of black folks. And, and I, I would say in a period of the Harlem Renaissance, we they the, the movie showcased the whole allure and the the feel and the the style of the day and the and and you heard the unique uh, relationship between black citizens in New York and in France in Paris France. Uh, you even heard the the daughter you know talk about the this is the just the imagery and just the fashion of Paris and at that time these black women were in planes flying back and forth and getting there they had the finances to do that they were millionaires that's amazing uh, that, that was amazing and there was one thing I wanted to mention that I did not know about Spelman College was it did I hear that right when Rockefeller his one of his daughters was named after I mean, one of that Spelman College was named after one of Rockefeller's daughters. Did I hear that? I thought you say his wife, um, but I thought you said his wife. But I know I I didn't hear it in the conversation when they were discussing Rockefeller. This is very right. interesting. I was, you know, they had money. Um, 
So the all-women's school is named after Laurel Spellman Rockefeller, the daughter, the daughter of anti-slavery activists in 1888. Um, and then the namesake of Spellman's brother's school across the street was named after the first president of the board of trustees. So um, I, I guess it's his daughter, Laurel Spellman Rockefeller, the daughter. Wow. But a lot of the H- uh, um a lot of HBCUs have white ties. Um Howard University is named after um General Howard who went to West Point, Howard. which is where I went to undergrad. So Oh, I did graduate. Uh, my executive MBA is from Yeah, Howard. so I'm like Howard's on my list of of schools to go to for law school. Um and I'm like, "Oh, it has ties to my alma mater." Um but yeah, when when I found that out, like you know, when I think of Howard, I think of like the mecca of HBCUs. And knowing that, and the, and I think that was when I first realized some of the some of the HBCUs that aren't that aren't like named after states and whatnot had strong ties to um um white people who were willing to assist us in obtaining the education back in the day, which I think is a great thing. And even though there were a lot of universities in New York, you had New York University, you had Boston, you had Harvard, you had all those schools they emphasize still going to a black college. That that was a dream for Madam C.J. Walker to have that. Um, and so the, for, for that young lady, and that young lady wanted to go to Spelman, it was the thing back in the day as well. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know what you, well, I think a couple of HBCUs were founded in the 1800s. So um, Spelman was founded in 1881. So, of course, Rockefeller donated money to the school when it um, was first established. And I guess that's why they uh, <laughs> chose the name of school of his daughter. <laughs> I was out. I, I see, and we're learning things because I thought Spelman came from one of the names of the two women that founded the school. But definitely not money. Wow. Yeah. So this was a wonderful movie. I think it only, well, we were blessed with four episodes, but I'm curious what the future episodes are going to carry. If there's going to be more, do you know if there's going to be more? I don't think so. I think they may be done because Madam CJ Walker, the tracking the movie, like spanned a time frame of like the early 1900s to like 1916, 17 ish. And she passes in 1919. So, I think they might be done. I think it's kind of it's yeah. kind of done in the in like the segment of like when they put out when they see us about the um the Central Park Five and it was about six episodes I think. So I don't know if that's that's yeah. gonna be the new trend now, which I think it it allows more of the story to be told because you can't cram everything inside ninety minutes or two hours. I agree. So I guess that's all for us I'm, I'm a little under the weather and so i'm trying to choke back a cough i don't want anyone to go oh, just she got that rona <laughs> oh it came See, out anyway, somebody so. i saw something that said black people will nickname a nickname so y'all know how we calling it the rona and somebody was like you got the rona yeah. oh he got the roro i'm like really we just <laughs> oh my god that's us that's us but yeah, I think it was it, it, this gave that us something to take our minds off of our current situation in our country right now. 
um, testing times. Um, but what this movie could have done, it I've, I've seen some of my friends talk about this, um, motivated us, you know, to look into entrepreneurship more and take ownership. And since we got all this time on our hands, maybe some businesses will be made up, yeah. <laughs> will we'll be born during this particular yeah. time period when we have all this downtime. <laughs> Pull out those strategic business plans and those um, marketing plans, and you know everyone's at home and um, yeah, and <laughs> it, and they really, it. you know, we don't have any excuse if these women could did do this in the nineteen early nineteen hundreds, then we don't have any excuse, um, right? Not to be successful now. I agree, and then I guess on that note, we will end our podcast. This was very very fun. I'm glad it was. Um, some uh, great notes to be taken away from. Yes. Some lessons learned. Thank you for having us. Yes. It was great. It was great. Some critical thinking going on. After, instead of just watching a movie, talking about it. I like it. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, ladies. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.